Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Well, what's up, all of our Liberty loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. Today, I'm joined by Travis Nix, who is a JD candidate at Georgetown Law with a concentration in tax law, which would be important for this conversation. Travis is also a Young Voices contributor. He's been featured in Fox News, Federalist, National Review, Washington Examiner. And today we're going to be talking about a piece from the Wall Street Journal. Travis, how you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that we could do this because, uh, you know, we're going to be talking Social Security. And one of our one of our favorite people ever, uh, Bernie Sanders, has got a plan that's going to uh, solve the problem. Or is it not going to solve the problem? I, I want to dig into that just a little bit. Um, could you tell us what the current situation is that we're, that we're in right now? Yeah, I mean, it's getting worse and worse by the day. I mean, a report just came out last week by the Congressional Budget Office, the CBO, that Social Security is going to go insolvent even before we thought we it was. Before, it was looking like between 2033 to 2035, we we're going to have to cut benefits. Now that's up to uh, 2032. So that basically means by the money that we promised that people would get in Social Security, they're not going to get and they're going to have their benefits automatically cut unless we do much needed structural reforms to an uh, insolvent program that is essentially unfixable without major reform. Now, you might not know this, but how much time went by from the time they thought it was going to be 2033 to 35 to now they're saying 2032? Uh, was this like 10 years went by and now they think it's going to be a few years sooner or are we catching up by a few years every year or so right now? Yeah, yeah, it's going faster. So like they said like 2033, um, like 10 months ago and now it's up to 2032. (laughs) And that's just because we keep spending more and more money so that drains um, even more tax revenue from the federal government. Okay, so that rate, maybe we're talking like 2027 or 2028, because uh, uh, I'm assuming uh, 10 months or a year from now, they'll say, well, actually, we crunch the numbers again and say in 2030, and then we'll just we'll meet in the middle somewhere. Maybe that's what's going to happen. I don't know. Why is it? Why is this happening right now? Why? Why even faster than we thought? 
Uh, especially with the, our aging population and less people are working, which allows them to take social security benefits earlier. Um, that was like during COVID and stuff. You can, if you have an emergency, you can dip into the fund. So I think that's what has sped it up even more. And, um, the debt ceiling crisis isn't helping at all. We need to get the that debt ceiling situation under control as well. Yeah, one thing uh, also that that cost of living adjustment, I'm assuming, is is hurting quite a bit. And uh, I don't know how many more of those. I mean, I know they do it, but there was a pretty big jump recently of what was it eight percent, something like that. Yeah, it, it was huge because I know on the tax side, we used to cap um, your payroll taxes for Social Security around 140 thousand. Now that's jumped all the way up to 160 thousand. So they're taking in more money through payroll taxes, which has its own negative consequences on the economy, but that also means that they're paying out significantly more. Um, this is something that the CBO wasn't projecting this huge, massive jump in inflation that we've seen over the past three years, but it's happening and that's making the program go bankrupt even faster. So what are people on the left? I guess we can use Bernie Sanders because he's been talking quite a bit uh, about this. Uh, what are they wanting to do to solve the problem? They've been talking for years um, about they want to uncap payroll taxes. So right now, we cap payroll taxes at around $160,000. So you pay payroll taxes up to that amount and not any further. And the reason that we have this is we have a very progressive income tax code. In the U.S., the highest rate is 37%, and you have a 16% payroll tax. So if you uncap it, then you're talking, if you add state taxes in the equation, basically a 70% marginal tax rate on some of your highest productive members of the economy. We're talking doctors, we're talking inventors, we're talking innovators. And so if you, so we cap payroll taxes that keep those people involved in the economy, because otherwise they can retire early because they're making so much money. They can spend more time with family, which is probably a really good decision for them, but not so well for the economy. So they've always said we want to uncap the payroll taxes and basically, you know, tax everyone at a 70 percent marginal tax rate when you combine all the taxes. And now, unfortunately, some Republicans um, were talking about possibly going along with that because that can basically keep Social Security solvent for around another like 10, 20 years, let's say, and that just kicks the can down the road even farther. So that means they can let future politicians deal with the problem and they don't have to make the hard decision on how to reform Social Security. Now, the idea of capping at a certain uh, at a certain threshold, or is there also a threshold? I don't know a lot about Social Security, I'll be totally honest. Is there also a threshold where it stops paying out if you make a certain amount or there's a cap on what it will pay out, I'm assuming, given your income level? Yeah, so there's a cap. Um, one of the structural reforms that I'm proposing, the cap should be lowered. We should switch to like a flat benefit um, type program because the problem with Social Security now is if you have, if you earn 160000 a year, you're paying a lot into the program, which then pays out a lot to you. People earning that much, they don't need Social Security. They, they have other retirement options. They have well 
very good developed stock um, programs, I'm sure, in the retirement accounts. So we need to switch to a flat benefit that would like that should cap it at like let's say fifteen to twenty thousand dollars and return Social Security to what it was when it started, which was an anti-poverty program for retirees during the Great Depression. It was also, uh, I don't know if it was sold this way or not, but a lot of people think of it as a retirement program. I paid into this my entire life. Therefore, I am owed back this money. It's my money. I paid it in and I want it back. But it's really not like that. And even with what you're talking about, that that officially says it's not like that. It's, that's that's not what this is. This is a social security Ponzi scheme uh, that we've all been paying into. And uh, it's it's not your money. Your money's gone. That's already been paid out to other people. Uh, is that the hurdle that we have to get over? Is we have to accept this is not a retirement plan that you've paid into your whole life? This is a scheme that you've paid into? Yeah. I mean, we need to start accepting that Social Security is a pyramid scheme. They take your money to pay other people. So when you're young, working age, your money's not sitting in a lockbox, as Al Gore famously said in the 2000 election. No, it's paying other people. It's not just sitting there collecting interest, letting the government invest it so you get a good return. It's paying other people, and that's how the program works. It's the classic features of a pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I think that's where people on a lot of people on the right that I've heard talk about it will have to get over that hurdle because they really do think that there is a lockbox sitting around that people are, you know, with their money that needs to be paid back to them. Now you're saying that it should cap once uh, you get up to that certain income threshold because clearly you don't need this anti-poverty program anymore. If you were going to be taking it, that would be saying, well, this is actually re another retirement plan that you've been paying into. Uh, but that's not that's not what it is. Now, you also talk about, I, I heard another interview you did um, I wanted to talk about this r real quick, which is what European countries do uh, as it relates to these caps. And I was surprised to hear some of this information as well. Yeah. So around Europe, um, they have payroll taxes for everything. Basically, all their universal health care programs are funded through payroll taxes and some other taxes. They have Social Security. They have state pensions all funded through payroll taxes. And they actually cap it. So at the U.S., we cap it around 160000 In Europe, they cap it much lower. I mean, you have you see caps of 60000 80000 euros. I mean, and that's just because I think they know the effects that, the negative economic effects that payroll taxes have, especially when you start taxing upper income people on their payroll, when they're paying all these other taxes already, you're talking astronomical rates that would either force them potentially in Europe um, in the European Union to move countries because they can do that very easily and just go go from France to Belgium or something like that. Or in the U.S., they would probably simply just cut back their hours and get out of the economy. So around Europe, I feel like even though they have high taxes, they understand the importance of caps and not having really high caps because that carries with it very negative uh, economic effects. Yeah, when we talk about things that the uh, European countries do, they seem to have a lot of welfare programs and you people will say, well, it, they work over there. You know, European, we could say European socialism, even though that's not exactly what it is uh, at all, that they tend to work. But also there are a lot smaller countries than the United States. Uh, they're more like a U.S. state 
got me thinking, well, should we have like a state social security and those states could compete for which one has the better uh, security plans? I guess it wouldn't work because they can't print their own money, which is uh, something you need to do for a Ponzi scheme. I, I would I would say at least to get it started off. Those things work better on smaller scales is what I'm trying to to get through and not so much what we've seen in the in the U.S. so far. Um, the other thing I wanted to know is this retirement age. Now, when Social Security first started, people had a lot shorter lifespans, right? But if you talk about raising the retirement age right now, people get all upset, especially actually I've seen videos of people protesting in Europe about raising retirement ages. They, they don't like it, but that really seems to make sense to me. Yeah, exactly. And that's, doesn't mean like you can't retire. I feel like when people talk about like raising their retirement age, that like the government's going to force you to work. No, we're not going to force you to work. We're just going to say that you can't start taking out the benefits until you hit 68 instead of 65, for example. And um, yeah, people need to really save up for their retirement now because like that's one of the structural reforms. If you want to just prolong the program a little more. That's like the easiest structural reform that you can do because you can say exactly as you were saying, people are living and working even a lot longer than they did back in the 50s and the 60s, which is good. But our entitlement programs need to reflect that fact. Yeah, right now, I mean, uh, you wouldn't be able to raise it to uh, exactly what it was when Social Security started, but I think that would put it up to what, 80, 81, 82, something like that, <laughs> something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. No, we're only talking about a few years. We don't want to probably raise it a decade, and that's politically infeasible. So. But that's how far, the, the point there is that's how far off it is from the way that this program started. You know, that's that's how different we look at this program now as opposed to what it was when it was originally started. Exactly. So, I mean, it would be unrecognizable to people in 1935 when Social Security started to look at what it is now, which is essentially welfare for rich people, because the more money you put in, the more money you get out. And you have people, like I said, making $150,000, getting one and a half times more than what they put in, which is frankly absurd. Now, what about the privatization uh, idea? I've seen people talk about that. Listen, I'm 35. I don't really have any plans on being able to draw a useful amount from Social Security. I'm going to have to have my own retirement plan saved up. I'm not going to rely on them for it. Uh, what about people being able to do that privately? Yeah, um, I would love an opt-out option. Um, I would go a lot towards individual liberty and freedom and being able to control your own tax dollars. Unfortunately, that's probably not going to fly on Capitol Hill because that would drain uh, Social Security even faster. But what I would like to see is um, have Social Security basically create some type of index fund that can be invested with the money because that would technically, you could call that privatizing Social Security if you want. And that would get a lot better return on the investment and help um, it maybe survive a couple of year, years longer than what it is now, where we're just taking the money to pay other people. That That is the difficult part with the, with the pyramid scheme, is that it's tough to take that money and invest it when the money that's coming in needs to go out uh, immediately. And there might be some sitting in there in reserves in the bank, you know, ready to go. Man, imagine the cronyism behind where that's going to get invested. 
uh, that that'll be, which I'm sure is already the case with plenty of other money that the, the government puts into the to private investment as well. Um, are there any other solutions to this problem before we before we finish up here? Uh, I want to I want to solve this so I can so I can retire happily. Yeah, taxes are not going to solve it. You can't raise taxes enough on rich people to be able to solve it. So those quote unquote solutions need to be um, eliminated immediately. I mean, we need serious structural reform to the programs. I'm I'm 25. Social Security should look a lot different for me than it is now, than it looks now, because if it looks the way it does now, by the time I retire, it's not going to exist at all. Well, can't you just start telling people now, by the way, uh, my age, your age, that, hey, we're not going to be able to pay this out. The system, it, it doesn't work. Uh, we're sorry. We're really sorry about that. But you're going to need to keep paying into it because we got a lot of people who need it. Now, that's essentially what we already do. We pay a bunch of taxes and we don't receive all of it back or or anything like that. So I would be upset about doing that and paying into it, but about as upset as I am about all the other money that I pay in. Uh, is that a is that the way to go? Is that the opt out solution that we're still going to tax you and I, but we're not going to promise you anything in the future from it? I think what a solution is going to look like it's going to come when these programs officially go insolvent in twenty thirty two around there because that's what is actually going to force action out of our politicians. And yeah, I think when they do do all these possible reforms that I'm talking about can't predict the future. But what I would think is they would like grandfather in current retirees to to it. And so as long as they'll live, they'll keep collecting their normal social security. And then the program will look a lot different for you and I by the time that we retire. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the only way to actually solve it. Um, Where can people go to read all of your work? Uh, easiest way, I post all my tax work on Twitter at tnix113, uh, as well as um, you can look at my profile on youngvoices.com, and they have all my work as well. All right. I'm going to put those links in the show notes for everyone. Uh, Travis, thank you very much for joining us and talking today. This is a complicated situation that we're in, but there are actual solutions if people do actually care about solving the underlying problem. Uh, But once again, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.